All right, we're back with another episode of Eat Sleep Bedlam. I missed the last main episode with you guys. I was under the weather. Also had a family funeral earlier in the day, but we got to do a special edition one yesterday. It was our first one. That was a fun one to do. Yeah, it was. It was uh, fun to edit it together, throw it up there. And uh, for the people on Spotify, they got a little bit more of a little bit more special edition than the ones who just checked in on YouTube, too. Yeah, and I got to explain the whole Spotify thing. So that'll be exciting going forward uh, and and seeing what uh, comes of that. But let's get right into it. We always start with football. There's not much uh, football for Oklahoma State uh, Mm -hmm. related, but Oklahoma already talked about Dejon Terry uh, yesterday, but um, in the special edition, or I guess that was Friday in the special edition. But Philip Paya from Utah State, he was at Michigan first, then at Utah State, has also committed to the University of Oklahoma. He committed on Saturday, and he was already at the coaches clinic coaching. Him and Dejon Terry both were. Uh, he's a big defensive uh, tackle, 6'4", 305 pounds. Uh, Zach, I'll go go to you, but uh, another strong interior defensive lineman, 300 pounds. I talked about yesterday, uh, or sorry, Friday with Dejon Terry, that oh, you just haven't had many 300-pound guys, guys built like that. And uh, it's pretty clear what the uh, uh, defensive coaching staff and head coach Brent Venables wanted to attack this offseason. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're just bulking up that defensive line. Uh, me and Landon talked about it when you were a little bit under the weather the other night. Um, I just I was stressing how big the depth of the defensive line, how they were trying to, you know, build that with injuries and, you know, departures and stuff like that. Um, you could argue, obviously, these are guys that have not been proven guys at Oklahoma, but you could argue this is one of the most talented core guys. I know we have a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys, but you're bringing in a guy like Dejon Terry and uh, the guy from Utah State. Um, I'm going to mispronounce his name. I know I am. Paya. 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 I'll learn that by the start of the season for sure. But, I mean, two guys, two DTs that are over 300 pounds, that's – I mean, you can't say SEC football without saying, you know, you got DTs that are over 300 pounds. So that's definitely going to be very beneficial. Um, Controlling the line of scrimmage is obviously huge in college football. Um, I can't remember the last time that we had two 300-pound guys at DT that were, you know, worth a darn anyway. Well, and, and, that's, and that's because, you know, Speed D didn't want them to be big. They wanted them to be faster, so he, they held them around 280. That's what Alex Griggs wanted. So, yeah, it's been a while. And, you know, I I did misspeak a little bit um, when I told Landon about DeJon uh, Terry from Tennessee. I, I said that he wasn't like a superstar or anything like that. But you're looking at – I looked at his numbers. Jaron sent me some highlights um there's one on twitter that we i think we shared on the page on our eat sleep eat sleep bedlam page if not we'll share it but it's a goal line stand against alabama and obviously alabama's got one of the you know best interior play in college football and terry one yard line one yard line he stuffs the running back prevents a touchdown i mean that's that you can't do much better than that so obviously they're gonna have to come here they're gonna have to fit in fit in with the scheme learn the plays all that fun stuff but they got plenty of time to do that and I, i'm excited because you cannot be as good at other positions if you can control the line of scrimmage if you can stop the run and be able to run the football you're gonna be a good football team well and, and in brent Vittable's scheme his he needs his defensive tackles especially to just you don't have to put up great stats at the defensive tackle position in his scheme. He wants you to, you know, take up some of those blockers so the linebackers can just fly around 
and make tackles. I, I hear Kelly Gregg on the radio all the time. He played for the Ravens for what, 10, 10 years, 11 yeah. years. And, and he talked about his job was I'm supposed to clog up the guard in the center. So Ray Lewis can fly around and make plays. And he goes, I wouldn't get the, the stats. I wasn't making the pro bowls for it, but that was my job. And that's what these guys are going to, to hopefully bring to the university of Oklahoma. So obviously yeah, it was clear what they were going for. And that's one thing that, you know, I'll just kind of piggyback on that. I think that our linebacker play is going to look much better this year than last year. And not that, yes, they're getting better. They, they were young um, and they're kind of fitting into the system a little bit better now. But when you have two guys up front, like Jaron saying that are clogging up they're just, those linebackers are going to be able to hit the gaps hard. They're going to be able to make plays for sacks, you know, strip sacks, whatever. So it's exciting for OU. Um, the defense, I feel like is finally starting to turn. Um, you still got some question marks, you know, in certain positions, but the defensive line, me and Jaron talked about at the start of the season before all these transfers coming in, that was kind of our main concern. Um, our secondary looks good. We've got some experience. We've got some young guys. Our linebacking core, um, still a little bit unproven, but Stutzman was has been great. Yeah. Um, when you get those guys up front, everybody's going to look better. It's going to make your DBs look better because there's pressure on the quarterback. Your linebacker is going to look better, like we just said. And then the defensive line just going to overall look better because they're going to be stopping the run, you know, forcing tough throws, whatever it is. So it's exciting. Yeah, and the linebackers now have to make the plays. There was times last year it didn't happen a whole lot, but when the defensive line would clog it up, the linebackers looked confused. Now it's first year of a very confusing system, so you hopefully uh, hopefully that's the reason why they make the plays this year. And now you're going to have a lot more athletic guys to go with Danny Stutzman, you know, David Aguebu was more of a defensive end that was moved to middle linebacker just of necessity back in the Grinch system and really not a real fit for him, whereas now you're going to have Jaron Canick, Kobe McKenzie, those guys that are built for that. But all right, let's move on to uh, baseball because baseball and softball is the big thing going on right now. Uh, baseball regionals, though, uh, Oklahoma gets stomped by East Carolina on Friday, come back Man. in a big win uh, against don't, Army. Don't cry. Yeah, don't cry, Landon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give him a second. Give him a second. OU comes back, wins 10-1 to Army. It's okay, Landon, because OU's going to be right <laughs> where y'all are because we play uh, East Carolina again today after getting stomped. So we're probably not going to make it much longer either. But Oklahoma State, obviously the one seed in their Stillwater region, lose to Oral Roberts and then lose to Dallas Baptist. Landon, let's go to uh, – let's let's talk about Oklahoma State first. Uh, do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, all it is, it's pitching. Pitching let him down. It let him down in the TCU game, in the Big 12 tournament championship game. That one could have been excused just from pure exhaustion from the run they had to make to get there. But, I mean, to be honest, I don't know what happened in the Oral Roberts game. That one just – it got away from them. They made a late rally, but it just wasn't enough. And then today they even run out their best pitcher. Watts Brown starts, and he gets rocked, gives up. I believe it was seven runs in like two innings before they pulled him. And then they went to Abram who he's the guy who got rocked in the TCU game. So, and he's not charged with as many runs, but some of them were also the product of, I mean, he didn't go down an inning. He has zero, his, ah, his stats are zero innings pitched and gave up two earned runs. And he also allowed some of Watts Brown's guys to score. So, I mean, it's, the pitching let him down. That was an issue late in the season and kind of why they slipped a little bit prior to that like late surge to get the share of the Big 12 regular season yeah. title. Uh, pitching staff wasn't deep after McLean went down. So yeah. let me say, 
So the guys I work with the station, I'm one of like maybe two, three OU fans. Everybody else there is an OSU fan. And anytime anything happens with OU, they ask me why. And I tell them why. And they're like, oh, here comes the excuses. Here comes the excuses. New coach, you know, whatever it is. I'm not trying to make excuses for Oklahoma State because it is a very big disappointment. They're one of the best teams in the country. Played well all year. There's no reason that they shouldn't have been able to take care of business. Or at least win a game. At least win a game in Stillwater. They should have won a game, but they did probably get the toughest draw. That's what I was going to say. You get get Oral Roberts, you get Dallas Baptist, and – Washington. Washington. may actually be the best team in the – Right. Of and, the four, and they didn't yes. have to play them. You think Oral yes. Roberts, Oklahoma State lost to Oral Roberts earlier in the year. They lost to them both games. Yeah. Yes. So Oral Roberts has a really good baseball program. Dallas Baptist has a phenomenal baseball Very pro- good. program for a small Great. school. And they split so, the season series. Yeah. Correct. So they really did have a tough draw as far as their matchups go. With that being said, they obviously still should have won. Um, and regardless, a, you don't you don't get beat 18-4. to four. Yes. Yeah. Especially on, with your ace on the hill. On yeah. your home and field. at home. Yeah. 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 It's it's definitely, I would say, probably the biggest disappointment in college baseball as far as one of the top teams so far, because I don't think anyone saw it coming. Now there I did see several people saying, No, I think OSU will drop a game because because of the competition that they have. The competition and the depth of yeah. the pitching staff. We definitely were gonna drop yeah. one, but but to get beat eighteen to four in an elimination game on your home field, that's that's tough. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. and and then uh, you know, like uh, I saw several people pick Washington to win it, uh, the yeah, region, which they... which that makes sense too. But it was beating Oklahoma State in the final, which you know, obviously, like we said, didn't happen. But Zach, oh, he knocks off Army. Now they got to be East Carolina. Uh, they got to be East Carolina, and then they got to go play. If they win that, they got beat Virginia twice. Sooners aren't going to make it much longer either. They play East Carolina today at 11. So, yeah, not not looking good. Yeah, uh, obviously, first game they get drilled against East Carolina. wasn't close. Um, kind of the same deal with OSU. The o- OU and OSU have kind of dealt with the same issues as far as pitching goes. Um, OU's depth of pitching is just not there this year. Um, they're young, just not really experienced. So, they're going to have to come out tomorrow and they're going to have to score runs. That's just how it is. They're probably going to have to score seven, eight runs minimum to win the game. Um, East Carolina has got a really good baseball program as well. And obviously the first game didn't go well. They come out today, look really good. They beat Army 10 to 1. I don't know that Army's really that good, to be honest no. with you. Um, but They're not. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if we beat East Carolina tomorrow, or today. But – as far as beating Virginia twice with the depth of pitching that Oklahoma has, it's not going to happen. Yeah, Virginia's yeah. good. Virginia's a very, yeah, very good. Well, and OU threw their best pitcher against East Carolina, the Carmichael kid, and he just got rocked. So I don't, I don't know what all we can throw at East Carolina anymore. Got to have the bats go on like they were uh, yesterday with the ten runs. Um, I just don't see it happening. All right, moving to softball. OU, uh, you know, they knock off Tennessee nine to zero with a, a run rule. Really questionable pitching decisions by Tennessee and their staff decide not to pitch Rodgers, their their ace at all. Almost like they conceded the game before the game even started. And yeah. Tennessee was the team that all three of us thought would give OU the most problems if there was one. And it just looked like they were kind of conceding the game. So now they take on Oklahoma State, who uh, had to come through the loser bracket, but is doing well. And is who also it. had some pitching they had some questionable pitching, coaching decisions. Question in the first game. Yes, uh, but 
Oklahoma State's come through the loser bracket. They play Tennessee later on tonight at 6 o'clock, so we'll have that game. And then the uh, winner of the Stanford and Washington game at 2 o'clock will take on the Sooners, would have to beat the Sooners twice uh, to make it to the finals. Uh, but, Landon, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, you know, y'all. I listened to y'all's podcast. Oklahoma State and Tennessee were the two teams y'all thought could give OU the most problems. I kind of agreed with that. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for, for Oklahoma State. I would assume, although I would assume Rodgers would have pitched versus OU, I'm assuming Rodgers is pitching uh, later on tonight. Yeah, I would assume almost like they're giving up this game to Oklahoma to save the ace for the elimination game against Oklahoma State. Um, could be an interesting pitching matchup. My guess is Oklahoma State goes with Kelly Maxwell. Uh, the only problem is, though she's been the ace pretty much the whole year in the postseason, Kilfoyle has been the ace, and she is who pitched mm-hmm. in the last game. Uh, only finished the game with around 60 pitches against um, – God, I'm just blanking on who they just played. Who did y'all just play? Utah. 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 There we go. Yeah. Only finished around 60 pitches. Didn't even – only allowed two base runners until the final inning when she allowed two more. Uh, Run ruled them. So, I mean, she's definitely going to be fresh to get out there. I just don't know. You know, it'll be how long of a leash does Maxwell have who has been – I kind of foresee OSU doing – throwing both of them. To be honest with you, I can see them. Which one starts? You know, Maxwell throwing three or four innings and then – Lexi pitching the last couple, but yeah. I would like to, before we jump ahead, I would like to ask Landon what he thought, because uh, I was trying to keep up with the Twitter page when OSU was playing Florida state, um, was, you know, putting those tweets out or whatever. I figured Landon was probably asleep because I didn't see any tweets from him. So <laughs> I I just want to ask him, what was your opinion? Cause like I said, work with a bunch of OSU fans. So I had this conversation with them at work what did you think of the coaching decision to pull Maxwell and put in a freshman, freshman. I believe it was a freshman yeah, she's over Lexi in that Florida state game? Well, I was not asleep. I was actually playing my own softball game. Uh, okay. Yeah. We won, not, not to brag, <laughs> but um, we like, I didn't love it, but I also understand it. Like it's one of those things. I'm not big on second guessing coaching when I can see the logic behind the move i mean you don't want to throw lexi out there and then not have her available for the next elimination game i can also rain delays they mess with pitching staffs i do i know it's very common in major league baseball after you hit a rain delay you just throw an arm out there to get you through the game and whatever happens happens i think i definitely definitely see that yeah i definitely see that side of it to me though because i get why they pulled uh, kelly because, you know, she threw however many pitches. She gave up two runs. Um, I believe it. W- the game was – or continued in the bottom of the second or the top of the third. Yeah, top right. of the third after top an hour and 46 minutes. So I, I get, you're not running you know, Kelly if, Maxwell back If you're going to put Kelly Maxwell out there, she's going to warm up, you know, going to throw another 50 pitches, warming up, whatever. So I get that. But to me, down two to zero – to me, it just looked like they were waving the white flag. They're like, all right, we're down 2-0, probably not going to win this game. We're going to throw this girl out here and save Lexi for tomorrow. And that's kind of what Tennessee did today. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, Tennessee and Oklahoma State were scoreless. Exactly. Really didn't yeah. matter who they threw. Yeah. Um, if you don't you know, score. Like I saw Tennessee fans yesterday when Oklahoma beat them talking like, well, if we'd have thrown our ace, it would have been a different story. Well, no, it wouldn't have because you guys didn't well, score. it might have been. It might have been like four to nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it probably wasn't a run rule. Yeah. Maybe it was. I don't know. But uh, but 
so I get that that side of it. You know, you save them for the elimination round, but I really don't like that early in the game waving the white flag and throwing an arm out there like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but I think it's that rain delay mess with them and uh, the freshman. I gonna don't remember her first name. Her last name is Adcock. She mm. had some great games early in the season. Pitch so, twelve, I mean, and so you. Yeah, so I mean, right. I can also understand like you're not throwing a junk ball pitcher out there. Like she has some legitimate talent and you're just hoping to keep it close and get you, get you a yeah. chance. But right. I mean, exactly. I do think if, if they were up to nothing, Lexi probably is the one who comes out of the Now round. the counterpart to that OSU wins tomorrow, they're going to have to play Florida state and beat them twice. So then they can throw Lexi against Florida state and they haven't seen her yet. Yeah, that sure. is a good point. And she has so, been lights out in the postseason. It's insane. So Absolutely. my question for all, uh, for all three of us, uh, before we move on to our Bedlam trivia, who wins? Tennessee, Oklahoma State. Landed? No, so, you don't have to give a score yet. I mean, I'm going to We'll, we'll tweet out scores. If they run their ace out there, I'm taking Tennessee. Yeah. If exactly. not, then it could be – I mean, those bats were moving for Oklahoma State in the last game, but no. Here's Tennessee the thing. is not – they. Don't, I mean, excuse me, Utah does not have a lot of strikeout pitchers, and, ten, and Oklahoma State's great at putting the ball in play. So I kind of figured there was a chance that could happen, but if Tennessee runs their ace out, it could be a, it could be a very low scoring game that I don't think Oklahoma State comes out on top. Yeah, my opinion is what OSU team shows up? Is it the OSU team from the start of the season that was number two in the country and was right there with, you know, really right there with Oklahoma, almost beat Oklahoma, and or, that we saw through the regionals and super? Or is it the OSU team of late, aside from the regional and aside from the Utah game? Where they're not, you know, not scoring runs, they're pitching yeah. is it great. Because um, if Kelly Maxwell and Lexi Kilgore pitch and they shut them down, which is they can do, it's they it's can. not unlikely. Um, but it can OSU score runs. Yeah. So they don't OSU, have. We don't have the big power hitter. I mean, Kylie Naomi. I think she has 13 home runs on the year and is the RBI leader for the postseason. But she's not like, she's not just a true power threat. She's more of a doubles. Yeah hitter that'll get a hold of one occasionally we don't have that big power threat we have to string together hits yeah so well, zach who you got i got oklahoma state i think oklahoma okay. state pulls it out i think they lose to florida state later on but i i do think i be- i think oklahoma state's gonna win and the reason the only reason why it's funny I love that it, i'm the one that's yeah this, two, oh, yeah this is great but the reason why i'm picking oklahoma state was just because tennessee looked defeated to uh on a uh, saturday or uh fr- yeah saturday Days on, on saturday yeah i know on Saturday, they looked defeated, and it, and I think it was because they were not happy with the coach's decision not to pitch the ace, and they looked just defeated. And so, unless they can somehow get that mood back up, I think they they end up taking it out. But all right, let's. let's I do have one more question. Yes. I did not see the OU Tennessee game. Did Tennessee wear the blue jerseys? They did, didn't they? Oh, that's why they were I, defeated. I think they did wear the, the blue they jerseys. Do, they looked ridiculous. Yeah, so they didn't want I, to be out there. Jaron kind of skipped the OU game. Um, are, are we skipping the run rule because they just blew him out? The only reason why I didn't talk about it much is because it was a blowout. They didn't pitch their ace. There wasn't a whole lot There's to nothing talk to talk about. about. OU dominating someone in softball yeah. is not a story at this point. Now, Yes, they it, did wear blue. I looked it up. They did wear blue. I don't like – see, that's why – if. If Tennessee's wearing the blue, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. I mean, yeah. that's what the decision is. And I told Landon this on the last podcast, and me and Jaron, we talked about it yesterday, um, that I think today or yesterday was a huge game for Oklahoma because now going yes. forward, one team 
It's either going to be Washington or Stanford. We'll have to beat Oklahoma twice to go to the Women's College World Series championship, or OU goes to the Women's College World Series, and Florida State's going or Florida State, Oklahoma State, or Tennessee will have to beat them yes. twice. Yeah, and I don't think there's a team in the country that can beat Oklahoma. And, twice. and that's what I said. I said the only way I saw OU losing is if they lost one early in the in the Women's College World Series, then lost to another team right before the finals. I don't see a team beating them twice. I just, I don't know who don't can either. beat them twice. I don't either, and I'm glad they beat Tennessee because I did not want a Bedlam elimination game. Yeah. If they're going to yeah. match up, I wanted to be in the championship. Yeah, true. All right, so we don't have a list today, but we have Bedlam trivia, and it's for Landon and Zach. Um, so most of the questions early on, it'll be a little tough. Then it gets a little easier. Um, and then there's uh, one question at the end that um, you both get to answer, and we'll see who gets them first all through them. But on the last question – there's an answer for Oklahoma State and there's an answer for OU, so we'll split that up for you two. But other than that, it's just whoever gets it first, and then we'll see who wins at the end of it. All right, what year was the first Bedlam game? 1902? Close, Zach. Oh, I know this. I know this. I know. I've read the Wikipedia entry multiple times, but I don't remember yeah. the <laughs> I I want to say 1904 because I remember I vaguely thought because I was born in 1994 and I want to say it ended in a four because I've always said, you know, it's the last number, but I'm not positive. Okay, 1904, that is correct. They've played every year since 1910. There was a little uh, two-year gap, I think, in 1907 and eight where they didn't play, but since 1910. Now, where was that first game played? Ooh. It's a tricky oh, one. It was Guthrie, wasn't it? It was Guthrie. Good job. So we got a 1 1. Guthrie, what there is... was a frozen pond behind the field. Yes. <laughs> Landon, this is a, well, that, we'll just make these both for you because otherwise Zach would be, his would be a little easier. But what is the highest ranking OSU has ever had going into Bedlam? This for both of you. OSU going into Bedlam? Yes. Three. Yeah, I'll say it's three, isn't it? It is three. All right, what is the highest ranking OU has had going into Bedlam? I'd say one. Is it two? It's one. They they have been number one before. I figured okay. they had, but that was so, <laughs> yeah. So here's the last question, and uh, Landon, you get the OSU answer. Zach, you get the OU answer. Just I have the specific years, but just tell me the decade if y'all know. Get the decade. I'll I'll tell you what the years are, but. In 2011, it marked the third time one of the schools had home field advantage in back-to-back seasons. When were the other two times, and who had the advantage? Which we already know who will have the advantage when you say you're OSU and when you say you're OU. But when were the other two times? What decades were they? So 40s? 40s, not not correct. Uh, So yours was 1968 and 1969. Okay. Zach? Was it in the 80s with Switzer? It was 86 and 87. They had I was uh, thinking there was something marriage. weird with the world war caused uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and uh you know, I was reading some fun stats to land and it's been played in Oklahoma City a few times. Another weird stat is OSU has never ended an OU Bedlam win streak in Stillwater. They've always ended it in Norman. And then when they've won their second game in a row, it's been in Stillwater, which is just weird to think about. And that is- and that goes also 
every single one of their double uh, of their two game win streaks started, started in Norman in and then went to Stillwater. I have one question for Landon. He's not going to be happy about it. All right. <laughs> What's the overall record for OU and OSU? That's not good. That's I, all I know. It's something yeah. like it's like eight. It's probably say like seventy eight, twelve, and five or something like that. You know, the funny thing is, a lot of people say. It's I know most, there's way more ties than you expect. A lot of people think it's the most lopsided rivalry, but actually, technically, the most lopsided rivalry in history. I don't even consider it a rivalry, but I guess it is because of how many times they've played. Is OU and Iowa State? OU and Iowa State's played Iowa more. State been like three times. It's like. Last time I saw it was like ninety one to eight or something like that. <laughs> let me let me look it up while y'all talk about it. This but is yeah. great. This is great podcasting right now. Just, I know this is just googling oh, some things. No, no, seventy. <laughs> it's seventy nine and seven. Oh, yeah. I just don't consider Iowa State a rival. Really. I, don't I don't either. Think anyone considers Iowa State a rival, except for Iowa. But Iowa. yes, I don't yeah. even think Iowa does. I think they're just the other <laughs> school. Well, the- I think doesn't Iowa own that one too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know, like, even these last, like, 10 years, Iowa State's been the better team, but they lose to Iowa somehow. Uh, yeah, I was I was semi-close. The record for Bedlam is 91-19-7. and seven. Dude, so think <laughs> about that. OU is 71-7 and seven, or 79-7 and seven or whatever I said it was to Iowa State. Iowa and Iowa State is only 46-23. and 23. So OU has played Iowa State more than Iowa has played Iowa State. Told That's you, so Iowa, Iowa State is not a rival to anybody. I know. That's about to, Oklahoma but, State just hates them because of 2011. Yes. So I guess we're their rival, but like we're not the, a rival. The, <laughs> fa- the phantom miss kick, because I swear to this yeah, day that it that went over the pole. Over. I will die on that hill. Quinn Sharp's hey, kick was good. I'm not an OSU fan, and I am right there. When when the kick happens, I remember watching the game. I was like, are they not going to review that? That was. I'm pretty sure that was good. That went over the pole. That was good. Yes. It was it was good. And we would have played LSU, not Bama in the national championship, and we could have beat them. Yeah, and that's another thing. <laughs> People say, well, it doesn't matter because Alabama would have won. Alabama yes, wouldn't they would have, but we wouldn't have played Alabama, yes. so it doesn't matter. LSU was undefeated. <laughs> Alabama had a loss, so y'all wouldn't have played Alabama. Realistically, though, this is probably the last season Oklahoma plays Iowa State. Yeah. At least no, in football. Well, the only well, no, one, they'll they'll be the cupcake game you'll schedule in the like few years. Well, you know, the funny thing, I was about to say in 2024, they announced the SEC they're gonna play eight games. So OU has to add a power five opponent. Most people say it's gonna have to be a big 12 team because all the other ones are kind of already decided. Mm-hmm. So is it Iowa State? A lot of people are rumoring Kansas State because Kansas State has a game with Arizona State. And if Arizona comes to the Arizona State comes to the Big 12, then those two now have an open game in 2024. Oklahoma, I don't want to play Kansas State Kansas anymore. State. I don't want no them anymore. Way. I'm tired Nobody of Kansas wants to play Kansas State. Except for They're too well coached. We don't have we don't have to play Deuce anymore. Thank God. Uh, they'll find Dude. someone else. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's gonna be some other player that just yes. frustrates you that's some, undersized. Some two Lockett was there. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. There's Darren Sproles that terrorized OU. Which how the, Tyler Lockett did not end up at Oklahoma Lockett. State or OU is still yes. I haven't figured that out. Yeah, no, and he grew up an OU fan and just from Tulsa. I mean, he's yeah, that's just that was tough. That was a tough one, but ultimately, uh, some of the trivia that y'all should look up some Bedlam trivia. It's pretty funny, but some of it's hard. Like, there's some hard stuff that there's I didn't some even weird know about. stats involved. 
Yes, some a lot of weird stuff out there. And the fact that I got majority of my questions right, Jaron's gonna bring the heat next time, and I'm not gonna get any of them right. Honestly, um, the fact I knew it was Guthrie is still wild to me. The one thing, well, that that was one I didn't know if y'all would get. The, the one thing that was really hard was a lot of them were OU related, so I was trying to find more OSU related. I even went to an OSU. We're, we're just kind of there. I went we to an really... OSU fan page, and it was we're OU. Not, the answers were all OU, and I'm like, we're no. just there. We're just happy to be there. I need OSU answers. The answers are Rashawn Woods. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Josh Fields in 2011. Those are the answers. Rashawn Woods was one of the answers. Just something. I can't remember what it was. But uh, yeah, I was even, I was like, I got, okay, here's one that's Cowboys fan page or something. I was like, okay. And it was all OU answers. And I'm like, send me something OSU related. We don't have a lot of good things. this was a fun podcast. It really was. <laughs> we might have to do some trivia more often, but uh, next time we'll come back with our list um, on Wednesday. So we're almost to Wednesday. So thank you guys so much. for Yeah. I mean, seriously, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a fun one. I guess on Wednesday, we'll know who's in the final of the softball. Um, Probably do a post-mortem on OU baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll do a post-mortem on OU because no chance they're still alive come Wednesday. It'll be um, either some serious Sooner magic or it was a good run. Sooner yeah. magic only happens on football fields. Let's yeah. be and softball. Well, and softball. We had that. That's different. Y'all just destroy everyone there. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, That's pretty much all we're going to have on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well. It's true. That, There's not a lot I say on. that and we'll probably have some recruits or something. Yeah. Someone will commit. Uh, speaking of recruits, real quick, one to bring up. Um, I told the guys about this already, but Parker Thune's going to be coming on with us. Um, that's going to be after the barbecue, which is on the 16th through the 18th, I believe. That's OU's big champion barbecue event. Uh, Parker Thune with uh, OU Insider, which is part of the Rivals Network. He's going to come on and talk to us. It'll come out that Wednesday. So just trying to think off the top of my head what that Wednesday is going to be. It's going to be like the 22nd or something like that. So look for that. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll, we'll put out more special edition uh, podcasts when we get um, different commits. stories. why we didn't do the Pia one is because obviously we were about to do a show. So no reason to do a special edition. We'll just talk about it. But ultimately we'll do that. Um, I mentioned on the special edition uh, for Spotify, the SEC announced in now it's going to be 11, 10 days, actually. They're going to release the 2024 schedule for every team. So you fans will know um, who they're going to have in 2024. So will Texas. We'll know sounds, our, our road trip. It sounds like the one rival is – they're just going to do the one rivalry. It's what it sounds like. So it'll be, obviously OU Texas play, and then after that it's just – I've seen some rumors, and, man, OU might have one of the toughest sketches of the nation if that rumor becomes going to be going between the hedges? You get to get <laughs> – the one thing that we're lucky about – Thank God Auburn is a rival of Georgia and Alabama, so that takes up one of the teams that has to play both. Uh, we don't, according to this theory schedule that was out there or the the one that they think is going to happen, we don't have to play Georgia, but we do have to play Alabama, so that should always be fun, along with going to Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, mm-hmm. And Tennessee's been great right now. So, uh, I mean, As long as you don't have to go to Death Valley at night. Well, I think LSU was on there, but I think it was in Norman. I cannot remember, though, exactly. Hey. I don't know. Something so, about going to LSU at night is terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. So I do want to go to that stadium at night at some point, though. I, if I go, I'm more as purple, a neutral though. fan, not as a fan of. You gotta, yeah. No, that's the thing. It's got to be against not your team, and you got to wear purple. Oh yeah, like, I'm not going. I'm wearing purple and gold. 
Yeah, all the way. yeah, yeah. You can't wear. Even if else. Oklahoma State was playing there, I would be wearing <laughs> yeah. purple and gold. I am Same. hiding. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but all right, so those are some things to look forward to. But this has been fun. Um, until Wednesday, we'll see you guys later. See you. See you.